guys, it's Simi, and this is Brussling Unlimited, as it is Friday, the 24th of February, 2023, and this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up, a handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. As far as today's news does go, we got multiple, I guess you could say, plans for WrestleMania and post-WrestleMania revealed. We're going to talk about what's going on with Matt Riddle. Why Warner Brothers Discovery said that AEW is generating 4 million viewers a week. A senior VP in WWE being gone. Jeff Hardy's latest update and so much more. Because again, this is the wrestling wrap up. A bunch of news brought to you in one easy to watch video every Monday and Friday. Roughly between 11 and 11.30 a.m. Pacific. We talk about pro wrestling and just say, hey. Here's everything going on that you may be interested in. I'm reshuffling some of the order of what I'm going to talk about here for just a moment. Because I have a few things out of order. Um, let's move this here. And let's move these two up. And then we should be good to go. We should be good to go. Yep. All right. So remember, if you are watching... Multiple different ways. You can help us out multiple different ways. Whether you're watching live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, or you're live on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But remember, if you're watching on YouTube, you can watch later as well. Also, you can listen later on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, just like eSports Gaming Rules 316 recently did, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime, because remember, if you have Amazon Prime or access to anybody's Amazon Prime account, like your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle, you can then support us at no extra cost because Twitch gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel that you want to support. You just link those two things together, bada bing, bada boom, and you're supporting. Also remember to head over to YouTube and become a channel member or donate a Twitch or a, a super chat in the live chat. Remember becoming a chat a ma channel member gives you early access to news, early access podcast episodes, graphics tutorials, and so much more. And donating a super chat. Make sure that your comment, question, or concern does get read live on the air. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like Hogwarts Legacy, whether you're buying an old game like Elden Ring, or you're claiming one of the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, and Fall Guys, use our code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout. And you will be supporting us at no extra cost. It only takes a couple of seconds to type in P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D. And then bing, bang, boom. We're good to go. Highly, highly, highly appreciate that. And it doesn't just have to be on your computer. It could be on your computer through the Epic Game Store. But it can also be for like Fall Guys, Rocket League, or Fortnite on your mobile device, your PlayStation, your Xbox, or your Nintendo Switch. But as far as our first news story does go, we got to talk WrestleMania and more specifically the main events for WrestleMania. Let's get into it. With WrestleMania 39 once again continuing the two night epic 
epic event on April 1st and 2nd this year. We have some updates on the main events. It looks like night two will be main evented by Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. But Dave Meltzer wrote a little bit about what might main event night one, as he stated the following. Reigns vs. Rhodes is expected to headline the second night. There is no decision on the main event of night one past an internal feeling that Charlotte Flair vs. Rhea Ripley right now is the favorite. There is a push feeling for sponsors and political reasons after men main evented both nights last year. It would be good for a woman's match to headline and the feeling is that Flair vs. Ripley is stronger than Bianca Belair vs. Asuka for that spot. If there is Usos vs. Zayn vs. Owens, one would think that would be the other favorite. So as of right now, the two favorites to main event night one of WrestleMania is either the SmackDown Women's Championship or the Undisputed Tag Team title match that has yet to be announced. There is a Again, like Meltzer stated, expectation and strong feeling that Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley will be the one to main event after a woman's match did not main event WrestleMania last year. If you remember, Roman Brock main event on night two. Kevin Owens, Stone Cold Steve Austin main event of night one. So it's tough. I get it. You go in there and you go, well, the women should main event one night and the men should main event the other night. But if there's a match or a wrestler that's bigger than anything in any one, they should be positioned as a main event. And I think that's Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn needs to be positioned on one of these nights. They're really pushing hard Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes as a main event because one, at least one of the Rumble winners have to main event one night. And they're really pushing Cody and Roman as that at least one. But in my opinion, based off of crowd reactions, based off of ratings, based off of merch sales, Sami Zayn should be main eventing night one. No matter what he's doing, Sami Zayn, in my opinion, should be the night one main event because that's the draw. No offense, Charlotte Flair, Ray Ripley. I have high hopes that that match is going to be great. But I don't see them as the bigger marquee match than whatever Sami Zayn is doing right now because how widely over Sami Zayn is with the fan base, with the crowds. And I know what you're going to say, huh, you're talking about last week? Well, that was in his hometown. That That's an anomaly or that doesn't matter and this and that. I've heard all those excuses all week that Sami got a fabricated response last week from the live crowd because it's his hometown and he's not going to get that same response in other cities. But then we go to Ottawa on Monday and he gets a great reaction. So we'll see what happens tonight. There's a bloodline segment scheduled for tonight's Monday Night Raw spoiler. At least there's a backstage deal set for tonight in the bloodline. We don't know who's going to be on there. If it's Roman, if it's just the Usos, if it's Solo and Heyman, and uh, we don't know. But a according to a report from Fightful, a bloodline locker room has been set up for tonight's SmackDown. But again, if it's my opinion and I'm booking... I would put whatever Sami Zayn is doing in that first night main event. It's most likely going to end up being him and Kevin Owens versus the Usos. But I just think, I get it politically, women on one night, men on the other. Cool, awesome, great. But it really should be, like with last year, whatever the bigger draw is. And right now, Sami Zayn is one of the biggest draws in the entire company. But as we speak about Sami Zayn and 
maybe he should or shouldn't be wrestling Roman at WrestleMania, even though he lost to Roman at Elimination Chamber. We do have a little bit of info on what WWE may be planning for Roman Reigns post-WrestleMania, as Dave Meltzer wrote the following. They're slowly building that match since Owens turned down joining Zayn to take out the bloodline and told Zayn he should instead join with his best friend, Jay. They didn't either. The Jay turn to cost Sammy the match, nor Owens and Zayn making up and hugging at the end of the show because the feeling is delaying such things will keep the ratings strong. As far as if they will go back to Zayn or Zayn will win the title from Reigns or beat Reigns if Cody wins the title, nothing is certain past it is an option they could they could always go and do. Right now, internally, the belief is that Reigns is the man, and that's not changing. But that doesn't mean he has to be champion forever. The road storyline detaches. Is that the right word? The road storyline dictates he has to win the title at some point, and it's no longer a situation where Reigns has to stay unbeaten because of the mega match with The Rock. While Rock did not close the door on the idea of next year's WrestleMania, permitting his schedule is available, it's probably not worth banking any serious plans on that. So it seems like post-mania, they're going to just trek on with Roman, and they're not fully like committed to Roman has to stay unbeaten. Roman has to keep the belt because of Rock. No, they can take the belt off Rock. They can have Sammy go in there at like Backlash or SummerSlam and beat Roman Reigns in a match where the stipulation just is Sammy finally wants vindication. There is no stip as far as title on the line. So that is the going consensus as far as Roman Reigns post-WrestleMania does go is that, yes, we still want to keep him strong because he's the guy that we want to base this whole company around for the most part, but he doesn't have to be this unbeatable beast anymore because we don't feel like he needs to stay unbeatable for The Rock because there's more they can do with that story with or without the belt, in my opinion. Like, you don't need the belt for Rock versus Roman. You almost don't want the belt for Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania or whenever they do the match. You want it for the head of the table because... You go in there and Roman says, I'm the head of the table. Without me, no one in this family gets fed. And then Dwayne can show up and go, how many cars you bought? How many houses you bought? Tamina is here with you on the road and you ain't taking care of her like I am. It would also be kind of cool. I don't know if they would go this route or not, but it'd be somewhat cool if WWE did an angle during all of this maybe where Roman ends up buying somebody in the family a house. Now, that would ultimately end up just being a storyline or buys them a car. But that would be cool to be like, oh, Dwayne thinks he's the only one that can throw money around. I'm the real head of the table. I'm the tribal chief. I was the universal WWE undisputed champion or whatever you want to call it for over 900 days. I got money too. I can throw my money around. You know what I mean? So I, I think that would be cool as if, Whenever they go into finally doing Rock versus Roman, if that ever does even happen, maybe Roman gets a little insecure and buys somebody a car or buys somebody in the family a house. Whether that's his parents, whether that's a cousin, whether that's an uncle, whether that's an aunt or somebody, that'd be really cool. But I do believe that Cody's getting that belt at Mania. And then we just trek on with Roman, still top of the table or top of the card for the most part, just not as the champion. Roman's still 
possibly the hardest pushed guy in the company, just not with the belt. Now, speaking more of WrestleMania, we got some info on Brock Lesnar's WrestleMania plans as well. Looks like they have recently changed. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he states the plans for Brock Lesnar actually changed in the last two or three weeks, or the last week or two, stating, quote, The only thing we know is that whatever the Lesnar plan was, and it wasn't Gunther, that, that is that it changed in the last week or two. Next week on Raw, they are doing an angle that would either set up this match or the angle is a swerve for something else. But television would lead you to believe this is it. So basically, whatever they had in the books at one point for Brock Lesnar coming out of even Royal Rumble, it seems like, that's no longer the case. Things have changed. Whether that is a match with Bobby Lashley, whether that is something with Bray Wyatt, it's now looking more and more and more and more day by day as we get closer to WrestleMania, Omos. It looks like Omos may actually be the legit actual plan for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So, yeah. I don't know why they would do Omos and Brock. Who would think of that? Where did that come from? Was it Brock? Was it Heyman? Was it Triple H? Was it Bruce? Was it somebody else? We don't know. But whoever came up with the Brock Omos match, I'll give it a shot. I'm just going to say that. I'll wait till Mania to see how good or bad that match actually ends up being. But I don't know. I just, I don't have any faith in a Brock Lesnar Omos match. What? 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 I, 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 I just don't. I don't at all. I, how is that match going to be? You just want to showcase. Like, who wins? Brock? You just want a showcase match where Brock can throw around somebody way taller than him? Is that what you want? Brock can throw around somebody bigger than him? Or do you want something where Omos beats Brock? I really don't know where this would go. I assume maybe Brock Lesnar wins, but uh, Brock's not around all the time. Omos is, but it's not like they're pushing Omos really hard. It seemed like they may have last year. And I just, I don't know what this match serves at all. What does this match serve? Does Omos, does Brock beat Omos? And then Brock because look at this big old hoss, big guy that I beat. Now give me a shot at the world title. Cody, I'm coming for you or something like, I don't know. Do they think that Brock beating Omos puts him back in line as a top, one of the top guys going for the belt? I just, I don't know. I don't understand where this is going. But one thing I do understand where it's going is Ray and Dominic. And according to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he does state that it's not been announced yet, but it is the plan. A little quick hit news note. Meltzer wrote, quote, Ray Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. This hasn't been announced, but has been the plan for months to hold off their first singles match to this show. So yeah, it's being reported that it's still a plan, and it's basically always been the plan once they did split Dom and Ray up and Dom joined Judgment Day, that it will be Ray versus Dom at WrestleMania. Now as we move on 
we got some news here about a senior vice president who is now gone from WWE, according to reports. A high-ranking WWE executive has ultimately or was ultimately fired last week due to an HR violation, according to Fightful's Sean Ross Sapp. It's unknown what the violation was for James Kimball, who held the position of Senior Vice President of Talent Operations and Strategy, to be immediately relieved of his duties. Kimball was hired in August of 2020 as Vice President of Business Operations. After 11 months, he was promoted to Senior Vice President of Global Strategy and Development, where he spent 15 months before moving to his final role. Kimball was quoted often in media stories in relation to the company's next-in-line NIL program and for their various tryouts with college athletes. He came to WWE from the UFC, where he spent nearly a decade in various roles. The final three-plus years of his tenure there was as vice president of operations for their Performance Institute after nearly three years as their director of athlete development. So with that, there is not many more known on this story other than it was a, quote, HR violation that led to the firing of Senior Vice President James Kimball. We will continue to follow the story very closely and bring you any updates if we do hear of them. Now, one thing that people keep asking about and a big update people want to know is what's going on with the WWE sale? Is Saudi really going to buy it? Is Saudi really interested? And well, Saudi, according to multiple reports, is very interested in buying WWE. It is a, quote, definite interest, as Dave Meltzer wrote the following in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter. We know someone involved on the Saudi side about the sale this past week, and there is definite interest. It's not considered as important as Formula One, which they wanted but doesn't look like they can get or live golf. But they are looking for properties that can get to their that can get to their number one in their market or in the case of their soccer investments. They want their leagues to be top five and have interest already in one team in the EPL, the highest profile league in the world's most popular sport, and have interest in something with Manchester United, the highest profile team in the world. What they want are franchises that have a worldwide fan base, preferably big in the U.S., and they are not looking at them for revenue or profitability, but to bring publicity to their country and normalize the worldview on Saudi Arabia, their country. It's completely different from a never or any other purchaser's goal would be, which would be to buy the company based on it being able to generate giant giant profits. Saudi, a Saudi purchase could change the salary structure more as it is with the top golf pros who left the PGA. But... As far as bidding for talent, it could totally change the game. If someone else gets it, you would expect far more changes and a budget based on maximizing profits. It's, what, it's what's being called sport washing, where you bring in high-profile sport events to the country and own major franchises with the idea that people think you are a big part of the accepted sports worldwide and it washes away the stench of human rights differences and violations, even for people like Tony Khan or Endeavor. While they could raise a lot of money, they would be looking at it as a business acquisition and not a publicity arm where making money long-term on the goal, on the deal is goal. That goes the same for any media company. 
While those in WWE have made me have told me they prefer to sell to a media company, many stories indicate media companies aren't looking for a level of a as as a looking for that level of a purchase because of uncertainty over the future changes in consumption. So right now it does look like Saudi could be one of the top people and investors and groups interested in purchasing WWE. Remember in January, Nick Khan said three months. We want this done in three months. Well, three months is before Mania, and Mania is just a little over a month away. So, the next month, we may know who the new owner of WWE is. And speaking of that aspect of things, that's why Pat McAfee's not back. Pat McAfee wrote a long old thing on Twitter about his future and stated that coming back to WWE may actually hinge on who buys WWE and if he wants to work for them or not which makes me believe that Pat wouldn't want to work for Saudi. Hence why Pat never went to the Saudi shows, despite being one of the lead SmackDown announcers. So, yeah, and that's like Meltzer said. Yes, they can pay more for talent, but if they're owned by Saudi, is some of those talent the WWE could have originally got want to go there and work for the Saudi government, basically? That's another big thing that I don't think Vince really cares about, is, okay, if we sell to Saudi, now what? Who's going to want to not work for us? Who's going to want to come and work for us? We don't know. So we'll follow the story very closely again. If everything goes according to Nick Khan's timeline, we could have some major news in the next month, even less than a month, on who could be purchasing WWE. Um, give me one moment, guys. I'm getting some mess. I'm getting multiple messages here. Might be some news to add. Um, let me just double check on some of these. I'm not going to mention stuff because I don't know if they're 100%. But let me just double check two different things really, really quickly. And then we will keep on keeping on. Uh, no. Okay, so that might be what we've already talked about with the... Firing of the senior vice president in WWE. I thought they were sending me something on like a replacement already announced or the firing being confirmed by WWE, but it's just the same stuff we already know from the original Sean Ross Sapp um, report. As we move on, some interesting news going around that, well, The Rock's family wants him back in WWE, like wants him to go back. WWE. WWE star Tamina has commented on the potential return of The Rock, noting that everybody in the family wants her cousin to make a comeback. Following reports last year that WWE planned to do The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39, some predicted that the Hollywood star would be making his return at the Royal Rumble, and that never happened. Speaking with Insider, Tamina noted that even The Rock's mother, wants him back in WWE, stating, quote, all of us, including his mama, want him to come back. I feel like everybody wants him to return. It's what you were made to do and born to do. Wrestling is a love. Dwayne's a huge mentor, you know, because when I first started, it was because of him. He's a huge example. The way he's in interviews, that's really him. He's really that funny person. He's that loving. He's that loving man. That husband. And he's that like a father. And he's like that as a father. Like, his girls are crazy about their dad. 
You see him as a character. You see him as a WWE superstar. It's all these different things, but he's an entrepreneur. He could probably become the next president for crying out loud. And I'm proud of him. You can never repay anybody back for any of that, for the kind of love that he would show you. So there we go. Basically, Tamina is saying that his family wants him to go back to WWE, whether that is full-time, which I highly doubt would ever happen, or that's just for one more match is to be seen. But she said even his mama wants him to go back. She said all of us, including his mama, want him to come back. So that's an interesting one. That this news comes out now right before WrestleMania. And I'm not saying I know anything. But what if? What if? The Rock? And I hope this doesn't happen because I, it would, I, I don't want this for Cody. What if The Rock screws Roman? Similar to these, Oh, boy. All right, we're fantasy booking for a second. WrestleMania 2011. The Rock? Screws John Cena out of the championship, assisting The Miz in becoming the new WWE champion. What if we get something similar where The Rock screws Roman this year, assisting Cody in becoming the new WWE champion? Now, I don't want to see that because I don't want Cody's title run to have an asterisk going, oh, he only won the belt because goddamn Dwayne helped him. And Backtracking really quick, Dwayne didn't help Miz win the belt. He helped Miz retain the belt. So Miz already had the title. And Miz already cheated multiple times to retain that title with um, Alex. Why is my name all of a sudden? Why is his name? Oh, why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? Alex Riley. Helping him out. So I wouldn't want it to happen, but it would be interesting if Dwayne screwed Roman out of the belt. Nick's in the chat. He says, Alex Riley. Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, we'll figure out exactly if The Rock's ever coming back. Maybe he comes back at Mania to screw Roman and the other big match at SummerSlam. This is a WrestleMania caliber match, so they could build it up for a year like they did Roman or Rock and Cena. But, yeah, The Rock will have, I think, eventually return. Got to be soon. I mean, he's 50-something years old. How old's The Rock? The Rock is 49, 50, 50. He turns 51 in May, so he ain't getting any any younger. And as he said in the past, being in shape and, you know, working out all the time is way different than being in ring shape. Now, somebody that we haven't seen in WWE for a little while that, well, we thought would be back by the Rumble, well, that's old Matt Riddle. And it looks like he, well... Is not actually cleared to be returning as Dave Meltzer wrote the following in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter. Meltzer stated, and why won't my link load anymore? Um, no, this isn't from Dave Meltzer, actually. Uh, this one, whoop, nope. Never mind, we're not talking that one. It's down, it's not working. My link is just not wanting to go, so we're skipping that one. And we're going to talk about some news that broke last night from Brandon Thurston over at WrestleNomics. The WWE could be running two premium live events this May, with one being very interesting on the premise and the date. Uh, WWE will run two premium live events or pay-per-views this May, according to a new report from WrestleNomics' Brandon Thurston. 
He states that on Saturday, May 6th, we could be getting backlash. And not WrestleMania backlash, just straight up WWE backlash. Then, on Saturday, May 27th, King and Queen of the Ring. Now, here's where that one is the most interesting. That's Memorial Day weekend. If everything lines up as it looks, that would be the night before AEW Double or Nothing in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's the interesting one because as of right now, Double or Nothing is set for May 28th. That's Sunday. They always run a Sunday of Labor Day weekend. And so if WWE were to try to run the night before, I don't know. It's like when they ran Clash of the Castle the night before All Out. So... It's also, again, interesting that they're dropping the, reportedly, dropping the WrestleMania branding from Backlash that they used the last two years. It's just straight up WrestleMania. <laughs> Nick in the chat says, I want the backlash, I want the old Backlash with hooks. Yeah, that'd be awesome. The fucking hooks swinging in the entrance. That would be super cool. Doubt it. They probably just used the big ass screen. Because, like, why do they, well, them why spend the money to build custom sets anymore i wish they would i really wish they would build custom sets for pay-per-views they don't it's just the fact that they don't and they haven't since like 2012 but i thought that was an interesting one that they're planning on doing two premium live events in um may instead of just one they normally just won one or they'll do a main roster show and an NXT show in the same month, but doing two NXT shows in the same month. That's an interesting one. That's a very, very interesting one. And we haven't heard if they're going to do an NXT show that month or not. Maybe they do three that month, NXT and two main roster events. We don't know, but it is something very interesting to look at. Now, as we switch over and talk some AEW, there are some confusing news notes or notes or numbers put into the um, stuff when it pertains to Warner Brothers Discovery talking about AEW and, and their viewership and Brandon Thurston, I want to say, at WrestleNomics kind of cleared some of that up. Uh, Deadline published a story. And give me one second here, actually. Yeah, Deadline. I just wanted to double check it was Deadline published a story to hype AEW's new reality television show. During the article, Jason Sarlanis, president of Turner Networks, ID and HLN, Linear, and Streaming, noted how AEW pulls over 4 million viewers in every single week. Well, Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics took to Twitter and revealed that he reached out to Warner Brothers Discovery for a comment and was provided with some clarification. Thurston revealed that the measurement pertains to viewers who watched at least one minute of TBS content on a Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 12 a.m. each week on average in 2022. So they're really pulling strings. They're really grasping when they're trying to hype up what AEW is really doing here. Like, come on. That's some bullshit. AEW is from 8 to 10. But they're saying... If someone's watching Big Bang Theory at 7 and 7.30, we're going to count that even if they watch for one minute. If somebody's watching Slap Fight or Young Sheldon after Dynamite from 10 to midnight, we're going to count that even if it's for one minute. 
because we think that they're only there waiting for AEW to come on or still watching and never change the channel after AEW was off. That's some bullshit kind of kind of numbers right there. I'm going to just say it. I'm just going to say it. Like, come on. Really? Really? Because if that's the case, then what are these numbers on USA Network on Mondays before and after Raw? What are the numbers on, on Fox before and after SmackDown on Fridays? And are they counting, because here's the thing, are they counting every home, and don't get me started on ratings, because ratings are a bullshit Ponzi scheme anyways, are they, are they calling homes that watch for one minute each time they click onto the show or just once for the night? Because say someone puts on TBS and they're like, Big Bang Theory's on, oh, Dynamite's not on for 30 minutes. All right, I'm going to go watch something else. I'm going to go watch Cartoon Network or whatever. There's an episode of King of the Hill rerun until Dynamite starts. So that's one. Then do they click it when they come back? When they they click over back once Dynamite actually starts, do they count that as another one minute? Are they counting? I don't even know here. Like, There's still so much to get clarified. This is kind of dumb sounding on their part. Literally, they state that Because the original report states, AEW has such an amazing, loyal, and dedicated fan base that brings in more than 4 million viewers to TBS every Wednesday night. And then Brandon Thurston's clarification was, the measurement would therefore include non-AEW programming from 7 to 8 and from 10 to midnight, which would include the Big Bang Theory among the best programming reruns on cable in the hour before Dynamite. Again, yes, you're giving AEW credit for other shows' success. The best syndicated television show on any network right now is The Big Bang Theory, whether that is on TBS or that is on a local network like here in California or in Fresno specifically. We get two episodes of Big Bang Theory every night on Fox, Monday through Friday. Some of the best programming that channel does for syndicated broadcast. Not like new Fox shows or the news or anything, but it's the best show that that Fox network does as far as syndicated shows, whether that is game shows that they run, sitcoms and stuff that they run, or other things, talk shows. So it's like, okay, we know Big Bang does big, good numbers on TBS. So why are you counting that as well when it comes to AEW? Because you think people are tuning in early for Big Bang and just staying there for AEW? Or not changing their channel afterwards when something like Slap Fight comes on, or or Power Slap, I mean, or before Power Slap, it was reruns of Young Sheldon. Like, come on. Come on, you're giving, and and I'm not trying to knock AEW here or anything, but you're giving AEW some unwarranted credit for stuff that has nothing to do with them. Stuff that's on an hour before their show, and stuff that's on two hours after their show. Uh, K-Vicious says Cartoon Network doesn't exist anymore because they got merged with another company. What are you talking about, bud? I was just watching King of the Hill on Cartoon Network last night. I was just watching King of the Hill on Cartoon Network for like an hour and a half last night. The adult swim block at night of King of the Hill. So don't come in here with your false narrative and your fake news. So yeah. I had people ask me, does AEW really do 4 million views and people don't want to report it or what? And so I saw this from Brandon Thurston this morning and thought that I would bring it up. It's a bullshit story. Not from Brandon Thurston, 
But the deadline article and the quote from, and I'm going to get this guy's name right. It is Jason Sarlanis. It's bullshit from him and the deadline article to write that one. Um, there's no 4 million people. And then it's got to be that someone, they somehow know someone clicks on at one point, clicks off, and then comes back. Or what if, like, I'll give myself as an example. I'll be watching Dynamite on my computer and making dinner in the other room at the same time. So I will have Dynamite on my computer, and then sometimes when I got to go check something on the stove, I have Dynamite on my phone running into the other room for a second because I don't want to miss anything. Is that now two different numbers? Contributing to their 4 million? Probably. Probably. As we move forward, we got some news about Jeff Hardy and his latest DUI court case that has been closed. As the following has been reported. The following DU, or the Florida DUI case involving AEW roster member Jeff Hardy dating back to June 2022 was closed on Thursday after he submitted a written plea of no contest to all charges. Hardy's license was suspended for the next decade, and he will get 38 days credit for time served in a county jail as part of his sentence. No contest is where a defendant agrees to accept the punishment, but does not accept or deny any responsibility for that in which they are charged. Hardy was arrested on the morning of June 28th in Florida and was charged with one count of DUI, his third offense in the last 10 years. One count of driving under the, driving under a, quote, suspended, canceled, or revoked license, and one count of driving while his license was restricted. He pled not guilty and faced up to five years in prison for the main charge, while others were considered misdemeanors. Um, the Volusia County court records do show the following for this sentence, for the full sentencing stating, uh, one, a 38-day court jail sentence, which 38 days credited for time served, two, two years probation, three, four thousand five hundred and eighty-six dollars in fines, which for which five hundred and eighty-six of those are court fees. D, a ten-year suspension of his license. E, two years with an interlock device and ninety days vehicle impoundment, which is kind of weird. Why do you need the interlock device if the guy doesn't have a license for ten years anyways? Is it two years? After the 10 years of his suspension is up, that's a little unknown. F, court-mandated DUI school or drug rehab program, which, according to Tony Khan, he already went to the drug rehab program. And G, community service. Those are all the conditions in the sentencing of Jeff Hardy, and the case is closed. On Tuesday, Hardy's attorney filed a motion to suppress the breathalyzer test from the arrest records, as he states that the breathalyzer test was unreliable. They claim that the intoxicology, uh, intoxicola, intoxicolizer that was used was not inspected by Florida Highway Patrol the month before Hardy was tested, which violates Florida Department of Law Enforcement, basically stating that the breathalyzer was not regularly checked to make sure it's working properly. And because there are no records that it was checked recently before within the last month before Hardy's arrest, it's actually null and void because for all they know, it's not working properly and it blew a high number just because it didn't work. So 
As far as what this means for Jeff Hardy going back to AEW, that is still unknown. Hardy was suspended by um, Tony Khan in AEW when all of this did happen. And so now we'll just have to figure out and see what Tony Khan states. He hasn't stated anything yet. Nobody in the Hardy family that I've seen has made a comment, nor Jeff, Matt, or anybody. And so maybe they're not going to say anything. And he just turns up next week on Dynamite to help Matt against the firm. Because the firm owns Matt's contract and all that. And this, so Maybe they just use this as a way to surprise fans for Jeff's return and be like, Jeff could come back at any time, but when this time. Speaking of All Elite Wrestling, we got some more info on Kenny Omega's contract. Let me pull that up here. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, AEW has extended Omega's contract for the time that he was out with an injury. Um, that lasts during the last couple of years. So the time that he was out was around nine months, which would mean it could be extended until November of this year as his contract was supposed to be up this month, February. We had heard previously in a report from Fightful that this was possible, and now Meltzer is confirming that the time has been added to Omega's contract. The exact time frame is not exactly known and, quote, hasn't been finalized, but this will happen. Time will be added to Omega's contract. Meltzer did write that Omega has been, quote, heavily talked about in certain circles in WWE and other places in wrestling as well. The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, who are also EVPs in the company, um, their contracts do end at the end of 2023. So if Kenny's contract is up in November, presumably, and the, the Young Bucks contracts are up at the end of the year, and they all become free agents near the same time, that would be interesting on what they do and where they go, and if they go or stay or do something together. And I have seen people go, this isn't illegal, they can't do that. WWE does it all the time. AEW can do it all the time. And the wrestler doesn't have to agree to it. Literally, the wrestler doesn't have to agree to it. It's in their contract that this can happen. You're out for nine months. Your contract's up in February. We're going to add nine months to your contract after it's up. And they can't say no. And they can't say sure. They can't fight it. They can't none of it because it's in the contract. That if they're out for a significant amount of time due to injury, it could be added on. That time missed can be added on to their contract because they're basically, A, we're getting paid for the time off. But still, they're getting an extra nine months of pay. You know, to some, that's bad because they maybe want to leave and can't. And to some, that's like, okay, whatever, cool. It just prolongs to when I can leave. So there we go. Nine months seem to be added to Kenny Omega's contract. We're getting down to the wire. We got two news stories left for you. This one has to do with an injury in AEW as one AEW wrestler says that they will sustained a freak accident injury last weekend. Fuego Del Sol did actually take to Twitter and revealed the following. See if that tweet will want to load now. For some reason, it didn't want to load. Let's get it on the screen. Having a lot of issues with stuff not wanting to properly load for some reason, but let's... There we go. There we go. There we go. We do have this from one Fuego Del Sol. 
as he states the following. Unfortunately, I suffered a foot injury last Sunday. Details below. Please send some positive vibes my way. He states, okay, so last Sunday, while in Sacramento, a freak accident happened after I hit a drop kick where another guy fell on top of my right foot. Initially, I thought it was broken. As I got up, I felt sharp pain shoot up my foot and realized it was incredibly painful to put any weight on the toe of my foot. After assessing the situation, I changed some things around and managed to finish the match. And when I got to the back, the it had already swollen pretty uh, swollen up pretty bad. After flying home and then managing to drive two hours home, I got it x-rayed and found out I actually dislocated it, but somewhere in the uh, but somewhere in the finish of the match, I unknowingly popped it back in. There's a small fracture at the bottom of, of my big toe, but they said I'm lucky it wasn't worse. Not in the clear yet, though, because now I might have to get a I might get a CAT scan on my foot tomorrow to determine if there is any ligament damage. If there is no damage, I'm looking at five to six weeks recovery. But if there's damage, then it could be up to three months. I'm devastated that I cannot fully fulfill my AEW obligations or obligations to Rugged Pro in Omaha this weekend and to VIP Wrestling on 310. However, I plan to still appear at both shows in some capacity. Needing good, um, needing good vibes sent my way, so I don't have to miss out on any more of my obligations. I'm a workhorse and am very good at compartmentalizing. It's a big old word, and working around this small small injury. I'm, I'll still be able, I'll still be in the gym as well as doing seminars, posting content, and streaming constantly. A boot. And some crutches won't slow me down or damper my positivity. I'll keep up. I'll keep you all updated on my scan results. Keep your opinions on my unpedicured, unpedicured feet to yourself. So there we go. Bogota Soul is out with an injury. Could be anywhere from five to six weeks, but could be upwards of three months. That could keep him out of action. We also do have this image here that he did share of the um x-ray and then just this other photo of his foot so it's unfortunate and like they say some of the injuries that you sustain are going to come at the weirdest times ever i've heard a story and it may have been brian alvarez once said he like screwed up his knee taking like a snake eyes or something kevin nash tore his quad just walking in the ring so anything can happen at any time as far as our final news story does go, this has to do with the Jap Japan plans of Mercedes Monet or Money. Even though everybody on that broadcast, no offense to the commentators, kept calling her Money. Like Matt Renault kept saying Mercedes Money. Mercedes Money during the um what's it called? The um Battle in the Valley show. Uh, IWGP Women's Champion Mercedes Monet is only committed to two more dates with New Japan Pro Wrestling and Stardom. Dave Meltzer reported in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter that Monet's next opponent will be AZM at Sakura Genesis on April 8th and Mayu Iwatani on Stardom's April 23rd show from Yokohama Arena as Meltzer wrote the following. Right now, she was only committed to two more dates. A 4-8 date at Sumo Hall for New Japan on, secure, on the Secure Genesis show where she'll defend against AZM. 
who is an excellent worker. A rematch with Kyrie at one point was planned, but the decision was made for AZM. On the 423 Stardom show at the Yokohama Arena, she right now is scheduled to face Mayu Iwatani. It was presumably in what presumably will be a title match and part of a double main event, which is likely to be for the World Stardom Champion, Julia, defending against Tam Nakano. So there we go. That's the plan right now for Mercedes Monet as far as what she is doing for the next couple of months and wrestling in Japan. One match for New Japan, where she will take on AZM, and one match for Stardom, where she will be taking on Mayu Iwatani. That match is going to be great. I think those two would work very well together, Iwatani and Monet. But with that, guys, that's going to wrap everything up for today's edition of the Wrestling Wrap-Up. I do want to say thank you if you are watching live or if you're watching or listening later. That helps as well. Remember, we will be back tonight for Friday Night SmackDown. As far as SmackDown does go, and let me just double-check really fast. Only four things, I believe, have been announced for the show. But let's just check WWE's website really, really quickly. Bah, 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 bah. Nothing on their website. Let's check their Twitter really quickly. Do, do, do. WWE. Yeah, nothing new has been announced. So as far as tonight's SmackDown does go, we do know that there will be a face-to-face ahead of their WrestleMania match with SmackDown Women's Champion Rhea Ripley or SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair and her challenger Rhea Ripley. We also do know we will be getting a new edition of the Firefly Funhouse. As far as action is concerned, Rey Mysterio will be going one-on-one with Karrion Cross. Remember, Dom said he'll be there. And finally, we got six-man tag team action as Imperium, the Intercontinental Champion Gunter, Giovanni Vinci, and Ludwig Kaiser will be taking on the team of Braun Strowman, Ricochet, and Madcap Moss. So with that, guys, we'll be live back here following Friday Night SmackDown tonight. So have a great rest of your Friday. Hopefully I see you tonight, and if not, and have a great weekend. See you next time, guys. Have a good one.